Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? Did you have a Merry Christmas? I had the merriest Christmas, Dave. The merriest? The merriest. It was full of uh, 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 cringle and jingles, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but I just made it up. How was your Christmas, Dave? It was good, man. It was, Are we uh, allowed to say Merry Christmas? We can say Merry Christmas, all right? This is a yeah. family show. <laughs> yeah. We had a Merry Christmas, man. It was a good yeah. one. Man. We just, we did, we were, well, we, we're in town. Usually we go somewhere for some reason, you know, it's Christmas and we're stu- we're doing it all right around here. But so we, but we ended up venturing out a little bit, went to the city one night on Christmas Eve, actually, you know, just to sort of feel New York and then okay. took a little family trip last night too. So yeah, it's been great, man. And all the nice. kids, kids got what they wanted. Parents, you know, got <laughs> not enough sleep. It's Christmas time. We got, we got, we got out of it alive, parents. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Um, but enough about us. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the And you're listening to listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, bud? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself, man? Doing good. It's our last episode of the year. Yes. Our intrepid producer, John Kerm, is not in today. Brian Waters sitting in his place. Welcome to the show, Brian. B. Waters. Thank you. What's um, up? <laughs> so listen, so we're going to do the best of the year episode. And I know we all got our lists. You know, I got my best wrestlers list. I'm still tweaking on my best matches list. So I'm going to make you guys talk me into it a little bit, but I'm going to save that till the end. We also got yes. some news to talk about. Dragon Lee signed with WWE. I guess that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I think it's more of a dominoes thing, you know, what 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 falls after what comes after that, I think, than anything else. But 
Um, and if there's this rumor that the, that there's the titles, WWE titles are going to get split up by WrestleMania. Who knows if that's going to happen? But here's what I, I want to do my top 10 list. I'm not going to do a top wrestlers of the year list. I'm not going to do a top matches of the year list. Everybody's already done this. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> here's the list that I want to do. And what we're going to do. <laughs> because what do we always do on this show? We talk about matches. Yeah. Matches. We love the storylines. We react to the pay-per-views. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. We spend the vast majority of our time talking about the other stuff, talking about, What's going on backstage, talking oh, about yeah. the drama, talking about moving chess pieces around, who's going to go where. So this, the the first annual Maskies End of the Year Award for Maskies. Best. <laughs> I love it. Best non-wrestler of the year. Ah. We're going to define this a little bit on the fly, but it's for people who made more, who made the most impact by not wrestling at all. Now, I know this is, is a pro wrestling podcast. Okay. So you're going to have to bear with me here. So just okay. let me let me tee it off with an obvious one. All right? This is kind of in descending order, but we can move this around a little bit. All right? Because I want to start with the obvious one. So the first name on my list is CM Punk. One of the biggest <laughs> wrestlers in the world. He had he wrestled this year. It's not like he was out. He did so wrestle. Is, so, yes. so this is not this is, but he but his injury that put him out earlier in the year was was almost a bigger deal as the wrestling that surrounded it. And then, of course, the all-out backstage brawl. They got him suspended, got the elite and Kenny Omega suspended. Future A note for the future, they will also appear on the list. And all the discussion that we had about the future of AEW, the future of CM Punk, the future of CM Punk in WWE, there is... Uh, I think it's hard to imagine anybody having more, any wrestler having more of an impact on the wrestling business by not wrestling than CM Punk did this year. I could challenge that. All right. What do you got? My non-wrestler of the year is Triple H. Oh, Triple well, no, 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 no. Sorry. No, no. The list has to be wrestlers. It has to be wrestlers who okay. are not wrestling. Who are right? not, all right. So we're, we're still defining this on the fly. So it's all good. All right, so he's a wrestler, <laughs> technically, who did not wrestle. Uh-huh. But let's kick it off with the fact that Triple H almost died. Uh, <laughs> that was last year, end of last year, but we'll, 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 we'll grandfather that in. Okay. B- bounced back from that. Um, took over creative and a lot of other responsibilities uh, from Vince McMahon, which I guess is the biggest story of the year. Um, him stepping down, the... Whole charge, not charges, but the, I guess the allegations uh, in the Wall Street Journal and, uh, you know, New York Times of it all uh, with Vince McMahon going on. Um, it can't be understated oh. how not popping WWE was for a couple of months. Right? Like, like WWE was not popping we for a couple of months. We could have run the same post show for about four pay-per-views in a row and nobody Straight. would have known the difference. Not a, not a clue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, there was a time where AEW was the hotter, more progressive, more fun, mm. more exciting wrestling brand. Seems like and a long time ago, but it was it, not. It was not like AEW was uh, clearly the hotter brand of of in North America, and Triple H just by announcing that he was taking over creative, not just put a jolt into the roster, but I think it put a jolt into the entire company. Like I don't right. think you really like you know stipulate 
what his real importance is to not just pro wrestling because it didn't just affect WWE. It affected AEW. It affected the future plans. It affected the main event scene. It affected women's wrestling. Um, it affected who got let go. It affected people who came back. It affected uh, yeah. Tony Khan, okay. the way You're he right, booked. because you remember when, like, when Cody went over to WWE, we were like, I think you said this, that, that, yeah. that the biggest, that, that, that the biggest, like the most impactful part of it was the effect it would have on future AEW free agents watching yes. the way that Cody Rhodes was treated. But it had to be said that that would be that that sort of welcome would be reserved for a very select few at that point in time. You know, the last right. m- March last year, I don't think there was a huge chance like they would welcome like Miro back and put him in the Royal Rumble for the pop or whatever. But he wasn't going to get like that sort of WrestleMania welcome. And I think that anybody would be justified in being skeptical of the long-term booking strategy going back to WWE under the old regime. Triple H probably did more for free, for future free agents in terms of impacting their decision than even Cody Rhodes' insane debut did. So you're right. About yeah. That. Yeah. I feel like a, a majority of the AEW roster, especially the, the roster that had success under WWE really had success under Triple H and NXT, right? Like, I guess aside mm-hmm. from Miro and, like, a few other people, but, like, the Adam Coles, the Undisputed Errors, the FTRs, like, you know, uh, even Moxley. Like, a lot of those guys, I mean, Moxley had a, a ton of main roster success as well, don't get me wrong, but, you know, a lot of his, the beginning of him being taken seriously as a solo star started with Triple H. And, you know, you got to understand, like, he is the grandfather of what is their developmental and now makes up the high majority of the main eventers in North American professional wrestling. So I think the fact that WWE still has this undeniable hold on the world as the forefront of, of professional wrestling. And now you got a guy who's one of the guys, one of the boys, whatever you call it. In addition to not only is he one of the boys, if you're an older competitor, but you're he's essentially a guy who has had a lot to do with a lot of people's success in the professional wrestling world, you know? So um, I think year one in the of current Triple professional H, wrestling world and the current professional wrestling world, as it yeah. stands at this moment, like there's not a lot of people that Triple H hasn't touched. That is a top main event guy in professional wrestling right now in every in every company. But I would say this um, year one of Triple H at the helm of WWE creatively uh, had to be a, a, just a massive success, even just off a buzzworthy uh, ability, like just off their strength to get people excited about WWE again. I think that was the biggest thing that you could have done. So I'll, I'll give, I'll put Triple H on my top non-wrestling wrestlers of the year. So Brian Waters, you're going to, you can play judge. If, mm-hmm. if Triple, I'll take Triple H on the list. A list amended, mm. he's on there. He's definitely a top player. Do we have to put Vince McMahon on the list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the, uh, the other reasons. How about this? Yeah. Like, how about this? We're going to link some of these people. We're going to handcuff some of these people. So maybe we could put Triple H and Vince McMahon together. <laughs> although they're side of, they're sort of if for for what for in what in every way that they're linked, it's sort of like like you know. They're 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 just like looking through a funhouse mirror, right? They're they're at odds, but wait, well, uh, I feel look. like you have to with Shawn Michaels as a, a underhook. Mm. Oh, okay. For, well, yeah, for, you're right. You're right. I think yeah, I, I think the Shawn Michaels story is still being written a little bit, but but I agree with what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> all right, next name on the list. 
This is going to be a controversial one because of the very rules that I have laid out. Okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do a non-controversial one to, to get us going. CM Punk uh, it sets the tone. This one should be, for wrestlers, should be totally non-controversial. For, and in terms of impact that a professional wrestler can have not wrestling, Bray Wyatt has got to be at the top of the list. Okay. <laughs> Bray Wyatt, before he showed up, had more of an impact in the professional wrestling world than most wrestlers have in the span of a year. Mm. Don't you think? We were I like agree. jumping out of our chairs at the prospect of him popping up. What do you think, Brian? Q QR codes. We QR were codes. To our phone looking for QR codes, looking for all these clues and sent us down a rabbit hole. And when we was at Extreme Rules, how many people had their Bray Wyatt gear where mm -hmm. there was never a exact word say Bray Wyatt will be here but everybody was ready. Everybody was waiting to see. And then when that, he's got the whole world played, the whole arena went crazy. So yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's hard to build grassroots uh, programs in, in professional wrestling, but this is one of the first, like the first thing I even heard about was a song that would play in between commercials at house shows, right? Like, or in between Raws and Smackdowns, right? Like it would be like, I think the first two times, like, people noticed it. And then the third or fourth time, they're like, yo, they keep playing this song. And then that led mm -hmm. to the QR codes. And then that led to going down rabbit holes. And just the, the amount of detail and creativity that went into reintroducing Bray Wyatt and keeping him interesting. Can't be mad at that pick, Dave. I, I, I feel you on that with Bray and Wyatt. Think about how many people went down, like, doing investigation pieces on this. <laughs> if you look all over the internet, look on the Reddit boards, the YouTubers, everybody was doing all types of, trying to figure this out. And it made pro wrestling, it gave us a different type of fun yeah. than what we were used to doing. It wasn't so much about, he should be booked this way, he should be booked that way. It was more about, okay, how can we figure out what does this clue mean? And we're still doing this with Alexa Bliss right now. We're still trying mm -hmm. to, Bring that all thing together. The most basic part of pro wrestling is getting you to show up, right? Getting the fans mm -hmm. to show up at the live event on Saturday at the Louisville Gardens or whatever, right? That's like the most basic premise. Of the and this got us, like, we all were tuning in to, like, we it's like, I mean, it's like, tele it's like, you know, television, not, not just wrestling. We wanted to be watching the show in real time so that we could be, like, we could be the first one to spot the Uncle Howdy mask in the background or whatever the hell it was. You know, like there's this stuff keeps happening. And yep. it's it's become, I mean, it's not that we didn't know wrestling could be, you know, discussed this way. But I think that a lot of the stuff we're seeing in the new era of WWE is that like some of these hypotheticals are bearing out to be true, right? And mm -hmm. true in a sort of more profound way than we thought about. Bray Wyatt, by the way, debuted, is finally back in the ring, wrestled at MSG this weekend. Um mm -hmm. Crowd went wild, apparently. He looked good. Uh, uh, well, I'm excited to have him back. Me um, too. Me too. You know, I mean, listen, the storyline has been a little bit back and forth. Now, since he's been on screen, I think it's just, you know, expectations versus reality is tough. But I think that when we go back and watch this, I think that we watch it and one, if you watch it straight through, it's going to end up being just incredibly beautiful from start to finish. And it's getting now, LA you know, night if, over, if, man. if Hornswoggle, if Uncle Howdy takes off the mask and it's Hornswoggle, I think that'll that'll change everything. Although maybe that'll be awesome, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I, I think I'm, more than anything right now, I'm perplexed with how many people online seem to just be like 
like willfully not getting the Bray Wyatt storyline at right. this point now that he's on the screen. I mean, he's just a dude with multiple personalities, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like all these things were just like whatever. And the Uncle Howdy, oh, Uncle. I mean, I think that's why the Uncle Howdy thing kind of fell flat because for a lot of people, they were like waiting for Uncle Howdy to show up. And I think that the big reveal was supposed to be, wait, no one really thinks Uncle Howdy is a person. It's just part of Bray, right? He just is pre-recording mm-hmm. messages for himself, like the dude from Memento making notes on his arm. But uh, but yeah, I, anyway, I, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, and I'm very, very into everything that they've done. So kudos to WWE, kudos to good, the good person, Rob Fee. And uh, and everything they're doing, and of course, kudos to Bray Wyatt. It's so good to have him back, man. Mm-hmm. It's so good to have him back. Right. And honestly, when he was released, I mean, it was a big, big deal, right? But yep. you know, it did. I got, I got his one. return I got a- didn't need to be the biggest deal in pro wrestling, and they made it so huge. What's your next one, Cass? I gotta give flowers to the next non wrestling wrestler, and he counts because he has wrestled a match before, but not this year. Oh, I'm giving flowers to Michael. Freaking Cole, man. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Michael Cole went from the bane of wrestling Twitter's existence. Like, just people just could not stay. I don't know if it was between his, like, sort of heel run with Jerry Lawler and, I guess, a byproduct of not having Vince McMahon in your ear anymore. Michael Cole has effectively turned into us. (laughs) like like when he's on commentary he's talking Mm -hmm. about stuff that like in a million years i didn't think new japan pro wrestling gorilla ring of honor like all these companies like the world got to see the michael cole i only got to know a little bit about during my time and that was one Mm -hmm. of my biggest revelations when i was over there because i don't think people understand just how much michael cole is involved in the full production of this show he's not just the guy who gets on the microphone and talks he's very instrumental on how this entire show flows as most color commentators usually would be um or analysts would be on tv but michael cole got to really flex his like wrestling nerd knowledge this year he got to be have fun with Pat McAfee and mm-hmm. turn into like a real like he he seems to be really enjoying his job for the first time in a long True. time. I and at- I love he hasn't he hasn't when important stuff happens in the ring or outside of the ring and it just gets noticed on the instant on the internet. Michael Cole made it a point of duty to let it be known on air. And it's so simple and it's so small. And I think the first time he really did that, that I think a lot of people took notice was, and, and this was last year, but I think it started like, I honestly think this was like start of the goodwill of like the the the, the mm-hmm. vitriol of wrestling Twitter being like, you know what, Michael Cole's not that bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Last WrestleMania, when Sasha Banks and B- Bianca Belair are facing off, and he says, this is the first time two black women are main eventing WrestleMania. And it seems like such a small thing. It really does. But when you love wrestling as much as wrestling fans love wrestling, you got to make those moments matter. Like if you're watching basketball and you're seeing two all-time greats go at it and you think that commentator doesn't have, doesn't notice the historical gravity of it and isn't bringing you into it, you feel like you're missing out on that. Good commentators, good announcers don't do that. A Michael Cole has gotten to do that all year long today. He's made Big matches feel bigger. He's given a historical context. He's given outside context. Like, it really, for the first time, WWE felt like 
this exists in the world and it's not just this insulated thing that exists outside of the world of professional wrestling. What do you think, Brian, if you zoom out a little bit, if you have to give an announcer of the year award, does Cole win it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was thinking about everything Kaz was saying and, you know, I wanted to say an honorable mention to Pat McAfee because we saw in the beginning how Pat mm-hmm. McAfee kind of rejuvenated Michael Cole's Michael, career. Michael Cole said it out loud. It's not, it wasn't yeah. kind of, he totally did. Yeah, and then moving forward with the change of regime, like, I, I didn't catch the very first SmackDown of Triple H, but I saw on the internet, people were saying, you could tell Michael Cole doesn't have Vince in his ear. And yeah. that was the thing <laughs> people kept saying. And you could just, like, everything can I say, he's having fun. So I, I've always been a Michael Cole fan, just as somebody mm-hmm. who, like, loves broadcasting. Um... I was always, he's always been on my Mount Rushmore of WWE play-by-play mm. guys, and this year solidified it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Brian Curtis, uh, my podcast partner on the Press Box, did a great interview with Michael Cole at WrestleMania time. Just sort of like, a, it was like a mainstream podcast about how to call a wrestling match, and it was mm-hmm. really super insightful. I recommend everybody go go seek it out. Um, that's on the, pre- in the an episode of the Press Box right at WrestleMania time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the Shavanasance is still a huge thing. I love what, <laughs> everything everything that he does. And I think that of all of the ways that AEW has been, you know, has established itself, identified itself in, in ways that make it different from WWE, I think that, frankly, the announcers don't get enough credit. I mean, it's not like they don't. It's not like people don't appreciate what they do. But I, I think that if I were starting a if company right now, I, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that Excalibur wouldn't be my number one draft pick because I think hey, that he does. I think that he great. does. He does stuff that is really hard to duplicate, to teach, to learn, to what you know, whatever. He's got a mind and a style that's so unique. Um, but I'll give it to you, man. Michael Cole had a banner year, and and he did he did wrestle. Uh, <laughs> he did wrestle before. He's he's technically <laughs> undefeated at WrestleMania. Technically, oh god. Um, <laughs> But yeah, shout out Michael Cole, man. He killed it this year. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm going to run through a couple more of these before I get to some of the more controversial ones. One, uh, one uh, group one, Kenny Omega and the elite or, and the young bucks. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit different. I, I struggled with putting them together because Kenny Omega's injury uh, was a bigger, you know, left him out of the picture longer than the, than the suspension, which did, you know, which he did alongside the young bucks. The return has been significant. Um, but it's felt a little bit tentative. I'm not sure putting them in a seven-match, six-man, you know, the trio series is fully fits the definition of tentative. But um, 
you know, them losing them just in terms of sheer numbers, sheer match quantity is a much, you know, in some ways a much bigger deal than losing CM Punk. And I think that their loss really underlined the drama. I mean, listen, if CM Punk had been suspended and the rest of them had been on TV and we just never saw Punk again, there'd be a lot of people out there saying Punk got screwed. But them all, I mean, justifiably or no, but having them all gone just felt like, just made it feel like such a big deal. And I think raised the sort of dramatic stakes to everything that was going on backstage. Um, I think the Kenny Omega on his own is a little bit of a bigger deal because it's one of those sort of, one of those sort of, uh, you know, brushes with, with with mortality moments that professional wrestling, frankly, should have more of, but we're often too caught up in everything. Right. Kenny, Kenny Omega is not going to die or anything like that, but it's this is one of those times where you see a guy at the absolute peak of his powers who might not, we might not have that many matches left with, you know, and, and that could be wrong. He could keep going at a high level for another decade, but when a guy takes the amount of time that he took off just to sort of heal up, you know, get yeah. to have a couple of, a number of surgeries that he had been waiting on for a long time, you know, this is like when, this is like when, uh, you know, this could be nothing, right? Some guys get their knees scoped and they're back on the court a few weeks later and everything's fine. And then sometimes it's Derrick Rose, right? It's just like everything <laughs> that made him the MVP candidate is, or the MVP, sorry, is is kind of gone with, with just a few things. So it's good to have all these guys back. I like but- I like that Derrick Rose comparison because I think Brian Danison went sort of through the same thing where it's mm-hmm. like, you don't necessarily, like, yeah, like, Kenny Omega's not going to do like a million like Terminator dives a match anymore, but I think he he's might, definitely got. But we don't, we just don't know. And that that question, I think, is more sort of like frightening, not frightening, but more like kind of halting than anything else. Right, right. I think you got. I think he's got more cerebral though, and I think Brian Danielson sort of did the same thing. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. now he's kind of. I think he's kind of taking the brakes off the off the car a little bit more uh, since he got into AEW. But you can tell when he returned uh, after his, I guess, what, four-year, five-year hiatus uh, with the neck and concussions. Um, he definitely wrestled a different style. And I think the Derrick Rose comparison is very uh, apropos because – um, you know, you know, recently he hasn't been, but like after his knee surgeries, Derrick Rose is still a pretty effective uh basketball player. Maybe like maybe Grant Hill's a better example, right? Mm-hmm. Like Grant Hill's a better Hill had example. Some good years too, you know. They had some great years after those injuries, you know. He wasn't MVP candidate Grant Hill, but he was still on like playoff worthy, you know, championship level teams for a long time. And guess what? He still made the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So Especially you Phoenix, know, like. Bro. Yeah, there you go. Phoenix Grant Hill was a real oh, thing. Found <laughs> some good athletic trainers. Grant Hill was a whole different beast. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, a couple more on the list. Interject if you have anything. I, I mean, I got a lot of names here. Um, I'll do my first. Well, no, one more to talk. Ah, I got what, I, this order here is so hard. Brian, pick a number <laughs> one through three. Um, two. Two? <laughs> I don't think this one's going to be hard to object to. Both of them wrestled a bunch this year. And again, the handcuffing is a little bit awkward because especially because of what's happened in recent months. But Sasha Banks and Naomi are on this list. We're talking about Sasha Banks not wrestling right now on a daily basis. Yeah, they had a big impact in the ring. But but them walking out on WWE before all this other drama started, they were the original wild drama of 2022. And continue to be i mean 
AEW can't like announce a women's match without people fantasy booking Sasha Banks into it. Right. And WWE, I mean, how many times have we had like fairly like believable reports that they're on their way back? We've had, we've had, we had more reports that they were on their way back between the first report that they were, that, that Sasha Banks like, and like had her contract dissolved and the, and the confirmation of it than anything else. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And this is, I mean, Sasha Banks is, is in a very, Obviously, we're not talking about Naomi going to New Japan. So this is a very different thing. We're not speculating Naomi is going to be the surprise tag team partner of Soraya. Uh, although, maybe that's more reasonable to expect. Um, I, I, I think that uh, Sasha Banks is in a very unique position. Uh, what's the most recent thing? that Sasha? It's, uh, there was this rumor that Sasha Banks and WWE were way far apart in a relationship because WWE didn't have her in that top tier with... Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, whatever, seems a little bit fake to me. But yeah, but regardless, Sasha Banks is in a really weird position of being someone who a lot of people regard as potentially one of the top three stars in the industry and who some people don't have on the list. I think that that part of it is legitimate. What do you think about the the impact that they had by not wrestling? I think, um, you know, uh, I'll say this. I think uh, people who listen to this podcast know that I, 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 I had a little bit of a different insight on what was going on with Sasha mm-hmm. and Naomi for most of the year. And I'll say, I don't know much anymore because <laughs> between, I want to say maybe two months ago and now, I think the conversations have definitely changed. And, um, it, it, you know, I, I could see a world where Sasha signs, uh, or Mercedes signs a short-term contract and is still... Uh, available for WrestleMania in Los Angeles and Hollywood. I can see a world where we don't see (laughs) Sasha Banks in WWE for the foreseeable future. Um, That being said, I think the impact that they made was huge because, you know, this is a WrestleMania main eventer. You know what I mean? It's not just like a woman on the roster or somebody that they're trying to replace. Like Sasha Banks is just, to me, just as important to the WWE roster as any main eventer on there. I'm talking Roman Reigns. I'm talking Bianca. I'm talking uh, Seth Rollins. Like you could argue that Sasha is more popular than Seth Rollins and a lot of these people. You know what I'm saying? Um, that being said, uh, this is kind of what makes the wonderful world of professional wrestling in 2022 so unique because. This is what's interesting. This is why I think a lot of people listen to our show, quite frankly, is because we're living in the world of wrestling free agency for the first time in like 20-something years. And everything, every news bit, every negotiation, everything's sort of like a leverage play right now. You know what I'm saying? And seeing what's the best for the boys and the girls in the back to, uh, you know, uh, continue a long, fruitful career in an industry that they've helped revolutionize in the past six or seven years, or 10 years now, if you're talking about uh, the Four Horsewomen and and The Shield. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, between those seven people, we're talking Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Moxley, Reigns, Rollins. Between those seven people that all debuted somewhere in the area of 10 years ago now, they pretty much run the industry. And when one of those people are a real deal free agent, it's going to be news 
until she's not a free agent anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if Sasha will ever return to the WWE, but it wouldn't shock me if they're doing something that hasn't been done before because of the hiatus, because of how long it's been, because of just kind of knowing how much uh, she wanted to go and perform in Japan Mm -hmm. and, you know, be in those dojos. And knowing that Triple H isn't dumb and knowing how much that could benefit an even bigger Sasha Banks return down the future. You know, like I think last week we talked about it and I said, you know what, I got to give the same energy to Triple H that I give to Tony Khan where every week we just felt like we were just getting surprise returns, surprise rehires, blah, blah, blah. And it got a little dry. I might be galaxy brain braining this a little bit, but if, Sasha Banks is not going, if she's not going to AEW and there's still a agreement for Sasha to eventually return to WWE in some way, shape or form, having her go and do Wrestle Kingdom and doing all these other things is a way to get away from the monotony of here comes another rehire, here comes another return, especially one that we all sort of telegraphed. When Triple H was rehired and Sasha had walked out and Naomi had walked out and all that type of stuff. It doesn't take a rocket science to know the relationship Triple H has with all the four horsewomen. And I personally can't see a world where that wasn't at least discussed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's a, I don't well, see a world I th- where. I mean, listen, I, you, you closed the situation to me and, and uh, all I can do is armchair psychoanalyze. But I think anytime you're in a situation of a position of walking out, you know, right. anytime it's sort of been a huff. A lot, not any time, but the vast majority of those times, I think both parties are just sort of you, you're looking for the opportunity to mend fences. Right. And right. the changing of the guard at WWE is a perfect opportunity for the people on the other side. Now, at that point, it, it becomes a separate conversation in some ways. Now, don't get me wrong. Financial thing or whatever, but like, yeah, it 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 doesn't even matter so much that Triple H has a good relationship with him, just that he's a different person if he's sufficiently like interested in bringing them back you know yeah he's a different person in a different in a different position than he was when they first started working together so saying all that it also wouldn't shock me if if, if mercedes slash sasha shows up on dynamite as a mystery partner right uh <laughs> wouldn't shock me at all she either. hasn't even officially been announced i don't think by new japan for wrestle no. kingdom i think that that so there whatever is going on you know i think that there is some understanding that she's agreed with wwe to not take any bookings until january and maybe that includes announcing bookings until January. So maybe that's why that's going on. And maybe that's why, I don't know, Tony Khan was on the uh, Grapsity pod last week or earlier this week. I don't even remember when it was. And um, it was a good interview, uh, but talked about that mystery partner thing. And he was just sort of like evasive, just like, I guess we'll know more in January. But it didn't quite seem as loaded as some people to me as it did to some people. I think you just sort of like, yeah, I, I do have to have my plans in place, you know, my, whatever we do have to have some idea of where we're going. Um, but it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Nothing would surprise me either. Although I do think that this is a, I mean, Japan will be a big deal, right? I yeah. mean, I think that, I think that even more so than the Mandalorian or whatever else, the the you know we're wrestling in Japan will give us I think will will give us the perspective to really see the level of stardom that we're talking about here through a different lens. Right? Yeah, I and, think I think I think Sasha Banks is Mercedes Vernado is testing the waters of, and I said this last episode, and we kind of mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Cody Rhodes was the test tube baby of 
wrestling free agency, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think, and not even talking about this year and his comeback. I'm talking about years before where he was doing Ring of Honor and New Japan and AAA and all these other companies. It wouldn't shock me if Sasha does New Japan, does AAA, does all, just just travels the world. And because I don't think a, a, a star of her stature has really pulled that off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't think we've really had that, like, traveling, territorial women's champion with the type of star wattage that, mercedes slash sasha has so i could definitely see her saying oh you don't think i'm worth becky lynch and charlotte money watch me go prove it to you you know what i mean and i could also see a world where she's like we know you're worth becky and charlotte money but i think this would be a cool idea or this is something that i want to do to to before i come back to being you know what you guys need me for and i can also see a world where they're just like Mm, we just don't know. It's just not in the budget for us, Sasha. Yeah, we, we, you hurt a lot. You know what I mean? Like we don't know if you're gonna walk out on us again. Yeah, like there's, right. there's there, there are some flags, I guess. But yeah. you know, and we can keep bringing this back to real sports. But I mean, the history of negotiations. Well, I'm not saying it's never happened, but I find it really hard to believe that WWE is gonna go to Sasha's agent, Mercedes' agent, and just be like, "Listen, we just don't think she's worth the same amount of money." <laughs> no, what you do in those things yeah. is say, like, "Listen, we have a new." CEO, you know, we have new we have new budgetary restrictions or, you know, if you want to work our new schedule, we can only pay you so much, whatever. There, there's like there, there's and the, the idea that they would say that openly is just it seems kind kind of beggars belief. Seems so like that, some means, shit so that means they're either trying up. to that's either the agent trying to get the word out there or it's just a little bit made up. We'll see. Or it's WWE working PR from their side. I don't really know how that would work, but it's possible. All right. Let's continue on this list. Um. Top non-wrestlers of the year. And again, feel free to jump in at any point if you want to. Um, This one is almost, you'd almost be forgiven for forgetting about it. But it's important Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about somebody who fits all these descriptions that we're talking about. (laughs) Who made more of an impact by not doing anything until he started doing stuff again. MJF has got to be way up there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how much time do we spend talking about what MJF was up to whether it was a shoot whether it was a work whether whatever it turned out to be that was our Memorial Day weekend yeah if I'm not mistaken yeah I can remember and- going to my cousin's house for some for some uh, steak on the grill and hot dogs being glued <laughs> to my phone and only one other wrestling fan was in the house and the first thing we talked about was will MJF show up tonight <laughs> and what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. MJF cut a workshop promo and then promptly disappeared for a number of months. In <laughs> retrospect, it almost makes so it's almost such a straight line that it doesn't seem like as big of a deal. But in real time, that was a huge deal, man. And there's so much other madness that's happened this year; it just falls by the wayside. MJF took what? How many months did he take off to just put this story over? <laughs> Was it like June, July, August? Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the tweet that he said, but uh, it was hilariously put. By the way, uh, let me if I could find it really quickly. But he said something along the lines of, "I wrestled a grand total of seven matches this year, or something." Oh yeah. And I need a. I need a break or whatever. Uh, let's see. Okay, let me find it. 
Uh, anyway, I can't find but it. But he said wild. I mean, it's he didn't wrestle a lot of matches. He, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and he, was he knows a, he, he was did a it. he was a gamer. He was a yeah. he was mm-hmm. an, he was a day, a day in day out rotation player for AEW, and then was just like see ya, you know. And now yeah. there's all this whole stories about him being a free agent. You know, I mean, now the he's on now he's on top of now he's on top of the world. He wrestled some he's wrestled some amazing matches already oh, yeah. since his return. So he he ranks up there in terms of wrestlers of the year too. But man, oh, I got the tweet. I found the tweet. All right, go for it. <clears throat> Mary Midmas pours. Oh right. <laughs> this year, I put my body on the line for your entertainment by competing in an overwhelming seven matches. My gift to you fans is to make sure not to strain myself as much in the new year so that my reign of terror will last a lifetime. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a legend, man. He's a legend. He's, uh, he's, he's, you know, he didn't have to do much. Uh, man, listen, I always respect the swindle, bro. I respect the swindle as much as I can. Get your money and don't get hurt, brother. You know the name of the game. <laughs> All right, this is a, this one. This next one is going to be the most controversial of them all because okay. he was never the person I'm about to mention. I don't think yeah, there might have been an exception to this, but never not wrestling, never not wrestling. But in a zoomed out sort of way, not wrestling way more than he's wrestling. And the so the the next name on this list is Roman Reigns because <laughs> when he stopped with the daily grind. He became a bigger star than he ever had been. How many matches has he wrestled in the past six months? Like three? Three. I think I can name them all. Six months? Okay. Let's go from... Logan Paul, who he had a a match of the year candidate match with, has wrestled almost as much as Roman Reigns. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he had War Games, War Games, Lesnar, Logan. Uh, I think he did Riddle on free TV. Yeah. Yeah. Golly, um, uh, 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 that might be it. <laughs> that might got, be it. Uh, yeah, Clash of the Castle. Clash of the uh, Castle with Drew. Yeah, Drew. yeah. Listen, he's wrestled, right? So he's mm. uh, he's it's it's tenuous, but I think someone first of all of his wattage. I'm seeing punks on the list, right? Someone of that star level, you get to you get to rank them twice. They can be wrestler of the year and not wrestler of the year because of the power. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's hard to imagine this. There was no controversy. There was no backstage fight. There was no uh, <laughs> contract negotiation snafus. When the word came out that Roman Reigns had renegotiated or had negotiated a new deal that would see him wrestle much less frequently than before, that was some of the most earth-like altering news that w- that could have possibly come out of WWE. Now, I feel like they've managed that pretty well. You know, you go see a house show, you can see Sami Zayn doing the Superman Ooh. punch and team up with the Usos. You know, they 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 got all the workarounds down. Now, when he Ooh. shows up on Raw or SmackDown, it's a big deal. You can just walk out there and it feels like a bigger deal than I ever could have imagined. But in terms of people just saying, hey, uh, you know, I switched to a new work from home schedule and everybody just being like, wait, how does the world continue to turn? <laughs> <laughs> Roman Reigns is is pretty high up there. Do you th- don't you think that's made a pretty big impact, or at least that had a big impact? I mean, like I yeah. said, they've, they've recovered, but that's a big deal. In a weird way, right? It always feels like wrestling is healthier when the top champion and the top person on the company is an actual main attraction. Hot take, y'all. Hot take. Mm-hmm. 
workhorse world champions don't work. They don't work. Like, I mean, they're fun for us wrestling fans that love graps and love great matches or whatever. But wrestling done at its highest, most profitable, and most entertaining is when the world champion feels like an actual final boss. And there's only really been a handful of those type of guys in the past two decades, right? Like Brock, Roman, Mm -hmm. The Undertaker, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, uh, it's not many. It's not many. I mean, like, every other champion, I mean, like, John Cena is a 16-time world champion. I can't tell you one memorable world championship reign. I just know he's won the title 16 times. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bret Hart's one of my favorite wrestlers. Probably is my favorite wrestler of all time. He is probably the workhorse Mm -hmm. world champion. I remember classic matches, but classic reigns? I can't remember, like, yeah, from X to X is when Bret was really fucking locked in, right? Yeah. We all know that we're in the midst of a legendary run as champion. And I think for that to work, you got to be made important. And important champions don't wrestle every week. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, it just doesn't work like that. As as t- as as much as my internet wrestling fandom card is probably going to get taken for that, like, yeah. it's I, I've just never seen it done at the highest level when a world champion is just there. Every, like, every time, you know, you get a Roman Reigns feud and they're like, oh, man, I'm tired of the title being held hostage and we need a champion on world. T-. I'm like, no, you don't. Look how important the Intercontinental Championship is now. Look how important mm-hmm. the United States Championship is right now. Look how important every single Roman Reigns... A tag team match on SmackDown is being billed like a WrestleMania match just because yep. Roman Reigns and, I guess, John Cena is in there. <laughs> but, you know, it is... I, I've just never seen it work that way. Tez, you know what I mean? Like to their babies are throwing stones at the <laughs> yeah, window. Right I, now. I was I, I was gonna I let him go. I let him I go. Feel for you. Listen, I know I'm gonna get heat for, for my hot. They're gonna say Austin Rock every angle, night. Triple yes. H. Triple now, H. It. it was a Monday Rock. Night War, so it was a the, whole different yes. thing. Trust but. me, trust me. If they could have done it differently. <laughs> Back Austin's, then. Austin's reign, mean like as in atop a of the company, yes. you could put aside this, but at certain championship reign, I think, I think, I think Kaz, Kaz might have an edge in that argument. Trust me, if if they could have done it differently, if they could have just mm-hmm. had Stone Cold show up every single week, do hijinks, like stun the boss, <laughs> or do a beer bath, or beat people up in a supermarket, or do shit like that while he's the champion and you don't get to see him every week. And every time he comes, you know it's made to be. You know that a, beer truck's coming out. You know, you know yeah, like bro. And you could have extended Stone Cold Steve Austin's prime. You could have no, extended but that, the that Rock's is prime. what they did though. That was so, like Steve Austin, and, and they did that. He yes. didn't. He, he couldn't work, so that's why he was coming out doing shit every but week. But you know I mean, why? But you know why he couldn't work. Because he was hurt. Because he was a workhorse champion. Because he was in there having matches every damn week, having brawls every pay per view. And I, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. Uh, I'm, Fans I'm sitting are going to feel the think type. of. Uh, well, no, think I, mean, about I, think, it. I think they do Hulk both Hogan. go to this. They both go to the sort of like you know uh, necessity is a mother of invention argument, right? That Austin and mm-hmm. Austin and, and Reigns for very different reasons. Yes, just couldn't work. They they can't work, but they're still on top. So so with Austin, you make lemons out of lemonade. With Roman Reigns, well, I mean, I, I guess it's probably also a lemons and lemonade situation too. But it's just like mm. he's still here, and he's still the biggest draw we have. And yep. 
Maybe they could push him to work more if they thought they needed him to, you know, if they thought there'd yeah. be a huge draw. But it seems like they've sort of settled into this routine that they like. So I think you know, business we'll is okay. And if they needed Roman Reigns, like if AEW or any other entertainment company if was really, truly pushing WWE to the brink of uh, bankruptcy, which almost happened with WWE or mm. anything like that, I'm pr- pretty sure we'd see Roman Reigns on TV much more. But business is booming. Why the hell would you want to rock that boat, man? <laughs> like, why would you want to rock that boat, bro? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. All right. Let's keep this list going. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. I only got two more names on the list okay. or two more entries on the list. Okay. One. Uh, well, this one, I mean, this is sort of like an honorable mention. So let me go with the one that's definitely on the list. This is a tide. This is a twofer. This is a, this is, this is two people who get one spot and that's John Cena and the rock. Mm-hmm. I think it sort of goes without saying why, but John Cena was about to wrestle for WWE. Um, and, uh, obviously, who has wrestled this calendar year, but just the the specter of them in different, in slightly different ways, looming over WWE, uh, potentially charting the course for the future of WWE, I think has been pretty significant. Now, The Rock, pr- mostly because Cena's actually semi-active, you know, but The Rock's a, and The Rock is a big deal, not just because he's a bigger star, because he's tied to Roman Reigns, right? I mean, we've, we were all waiting for this Roman Reigns match, and I saw somebody, maybe it was Meltzer, say this week that if it doesn't happen this year in Hollywood, it's never going to happen, and that everybody sort of knows that, and that's why they're working uh, for it. Also, The Rock's getting older. Also, he's not going to be Black yeah. Adam anymore, so who knows? He might get skinny. I don't see that happening. And um, it's like, and the story, the bloodline story is about family. It's, it's about, about the head you know, of the it's table. Low key it's about, about the rock. yeah. It I is mean, about the rock. Yeah, like it's all supposed to culminate. This head of the table character is a direct shot at the true head of the table of that family. So, like, it would only make sense for him to be there. Now, if it doesn't happen, I'm sure they could still do some great things because Sammy and those guys have been killing it. And there's definitely pivots, and you got Cody, and you got lots of great Plan Bs. But it's 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 Hollywood. The Rock sort of teased it at the Super Bowl and has teased it for the Rams. And Young being Rock. in SoFi a bunch of times, he's teased mm-hmm. it on Young Rock. It's gotta happen this year. <laughs> it's got. So it's wait, not gonna hit the same in Philly, now, bro. No, I still no. Listen, I, I still <laughs> the believe. Take you had earlier this year. I still believe. I still believe that the Sammy Roman story is so good that mm-hmm. you can culminate it at WrestleMania. <laughs> Trust, uh, but 
if there's any time for The Rock to either have his swan song, truly establish Roman Reigns as the all-time great, and put a nice little bow on this head-of-the-table bloodline family story mm-hmm. with the elders, with Solo, with being getting the crowns and all that type of stuff, I think creatively it would fulfill The Rock. I think emotionally it makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not going to hit the same in Philly, bro. Like, it's got to be in LA. It's got to it's gotta be in Hollywood. Definitely. Yeah, I think that it's... I, and I, I think just in general... I mean, listen, the Roman Reigns storyline has been super successful on any number of levels. Yeah. But at the beginning of the Roman Reigns, you know, head of the table bloodline storyline, the, the implied slight towards The Rock was sort of the whole point, right? Or yeah. not the whole point, but a big part of it. Yeah. You know? If you come yeah. out and you say that, like, I'm the real king of pro wrestling and you put a crown on, then you're directly addressing Jerry the King Lawler or whoever the linear WWE king is after Harley Race and Junkyard Dog and Macho Man Randy Savage and all them. You it's it, it's a reference. And so yeah, I mean, I think uh-huh. that that's that big that that's a big deal. Cena, we're gonna see when? Tomorrow? Tomorrow uh-huh. night. Or free TV, y'all. <laughs> I think Cena's an even big Cena's in some ways a little, even more interesting because if he works WrestleMania and, and all signs are pointing toward him working WrestleMania, um, sort of who he puts over is going to be. I mean, there's a lot of Roman. I mean, a lot of a lot of Logan Paul chatter, but I think that who he sort of uh, if it's if it's not Paul, who he sort of anoints as worthy of his time and energy, I think mm. is is a, is an important thing to keep an eye on. All right, the last one name on the list on my list, and feel free if you have any more. To suggest them was well, a guy who wrestled at wrestled. I mean, some a number of big matches in the calendar year 2022. But in terms of the weight he's had and the time that he's spent off, this might be honorable mention. I'm not sure, but I gotta say, Cody Rhodes. I mean, for a guy, <laughs> no one, no one has done, no one has done more with a legit injury. No one has meant more who's due to injury absence. With all due respect to Kenny Omega before the brawl, you know, then then Cody Rhodes submitted WWE because not only is his absence now a waiting game for what could potentially be the next giant act in WWE history, but the injury weirdly did more for his character, did more for his significance, mm. did more for his real time legacy than you know four months of working. Edge or Kevin Owens at the at the pay per views would have done, right? Yeah, I think uh, I had a list of my my matches of the year and the Cody Rhodes matches in oh, there yeah, because of that injury, and uh, I think we all saw him. I think uh, the lead up to that match, also knowing that he was hurt uh, during like a, a, a live event. And the slow reveal of the jacket of the torn peck is like one of those, you know, blood from a stone, Austin bleeding from his forehead, Becky mm-hmm. Lynch standing at the top of the uh, entrance uh, at the uh, uh, stands with the with the arms out. Like that's like one of those one of those like signature shots where it's just like. This is going to be remembered forever because, yes, this is a spectacle and this is uh, entertainment. But, my God, do you really put yourself through some actual uh, uh, physical torment to do this thing? And I think as much respect 
as people already had for Cody Rhodes, it shot up like 20 times afterwards. Like you definitely had your, your Twitter doctor saying like, oh, well, yeah, you could, you could work a torn peck or whatever, but it's like, eh, could you really? Cause he's been gone for quite some time after that. And it's all, I think the longer he's gone, the more that match just holds up in the annals of time and just, it, 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 it gains more significance because well, the motherfucker was like, I'm not, I'm not, not having this match. And he went out there and put on a classic. Uh, Oh, I didn't say this in the Roman Reigns section. Does it diminish the legacy if he if we split up the titles before WrestleMania? Does it does this does this mess with Roman Reigns' history? I mean, like yeah, legacy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's earned the right to walk into WrestleMania with two titles. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's earned the right. Like it's not gonna hit the same. Like whatever title Roman doesn't have is gonna be looked at as the secondary title. Yeah, is it going to be? I guess with with the non Roman title, especially if it's a match like, well, Seth versus Cody. I'm trying to just the various names that would be involved: Seth, Cody, right. Drew, uh, Lashley. Um, who else is who else is up there and presumably not involved Brock, with anything else? You know what I mean? Even though yeah, Brock, Brock and will probably doing probably his own happen. thing, but Ooh, if yeah. it's not Brock, it does feel like wait, how much bigger deal is that title match than an intercontinental title match with the same people involved? Right. I don't know. I mean, Same it's, thing. It's bigger, but it's not that much bigger. Yeah, I think I think Roman Romans earned the right to walk into WrestleMania Los Angeles with two titles on his shoulders. Like that's the that's the vision we've seen all year from him. Uh, the person who defeats him or, or or faces him, it's just a better it's a, it's a better visual. Why would you not want to make your biggest star look like the biggest star in a, a city of stars in your biggest show? Uh, it would be whack to take the title or, or split the titles up before we get to WrestleMania. Um, okay. Well, you mentioned Hell in a Cell. Let's just do it. Matches of the year. We're not going to spend any time talking about it because we got to get, got to get out of here. Brian, yes. what's your, what are your so, matches of the year? Right, I said top five. Of- Feel free to mess with that as much as you want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cody and Seth is in there. FTR and the Briscoes, Gunther and Sheamus. FTR Roman and the Briscoes and- three. Are we talking three, yeah, three. or are we talking the, yep. okay. Dog collar match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gunther and Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. I wanted to throw Roman and Drew at Clash of the Castle. I love the way that story was. And Becky and Bianca at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I got seven. Sorry. I know I went above. I got two honorable <laughs> mentions. Um, uh, I'll just go backwards. CM Punk versus MJF, dog collar match yep, at AEW Revolution. Uh, definitely the best production AEW has had start to finish storytelling-wise. I think it was great. Uh, the callback to old CM Punk was great, too. And it told a great story. Um, Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes, uh, Hell in a Cell. It's my number six. Um, number five, uh, we got the dog collar match, the Briscoes versus uh, FTR at uh, Ring of Honor. Um, number, what was it? Number five, did I say? Yes, mm-hmm. number four. Number four, uh, I got Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I got number three, Anarchy in the Arena, Jericho Appreciation Society versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Number two, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, Last Man Standing, SummerSlam. Uh, number one, Gunther versus Sheamus, Clash of the Castle, fucking meat fest. <laughs> 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 My type of match, damn it. Yeah, that's uh, the match you got to watch over and over again. <laughs> yes, yes. The reasons why I love wrestling is encapsulated in that match. 
Take away all the pop and circumstance. Take away the flips. Take away the pyro. It's going to put two dudes in trunks <laughs> and just slap the ever-living shit out of each other for 30 And the crowd minutes. helped. Oh, uh, and it was that was UK everything. crowd. Oh, my God. That is... See, I'm going to put that on again. I mean, it's on I'm... my list, but I haven't watched it in a while. I'm going to put it on again. Any match you can give, you can show a casual fan and make them go, yep. holy shit. Like, that's... That's where I kind of like grade it. Like if I could show this to somebody who has absolutely no idea what this crazy world is about and they could come away impressed but, from it. Yes. That's totally, what I, I, to I totally agree. And that's where I'm looking at this list. I mean, my list was like 12 matches long trying to pair it down. <laughs> but you could say that about, you could say that you could, you, you could make that argument. Oh, show it to a casual fan. I could, it's not even different casual fans. I could take the same casual fan and expect them to be equally mm. impressed by Seamus versus Gunther, by Helena Cell. By Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. Yeah. By Ooh. by um uh I think well there's two dog collar matches on the list so it's been like you know I, I think a lot of casual fans would be won over just by the sheer like like bonkers you know commitment to that um, Anarchy in the Arena which actually fell out of my top five quickly enough that like it's just sort of as honorable mention stars by it regardless. Casual fans, I think, would go nuts for that. That that was Phil Phil Phil's number one match, by the way. I mean, oh, he is, wow. you know, Phil Schneider put that at number one. Um, and I think Bianca versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania falls into the category of like your average, you know, your non-fan would be sort of impressed by the whole thing. Um, when I think I just mentioned my whole top five, I think that you're right. That's a great metric, but I but it but it, you can really define that pretty broadly this year. Yeah. Um. One match. Did either, did either of you mention Reigns versus Logan Paul at Crown Jewel? I don't I, think that 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 was that was high on Phil's list. Doesn't make it into my top five, but I think obviously for very obvious reasons fits into show that to a casual fan and watch their jaw drop. You know, yeah. territory. So Definitely. I think that's exactly the right way to be looking at this year. I and I think that that's, but that, that's I mean, dude, we've had a lot of years where there's not a single match that a casual fan would be shocked would you know would be impressed by especially you know if we rope in new japan and i mean unless unless we're roping in new japan and you know some, yeah. just like the highlights of the lucha world or whatever um obviously this is pretty specifically a pretty specifically american list um honorable mentions i guess uh just so we get it out there danielson versus page on dynamite like the blood that that was an insane match um yeah, what culture I think had John John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta from Rampage at the top of their list. So yeah, there was a there was a lot of you could you could you can go a lot of different directions. All right, best wrestler of the year. Top five makes it so hard and so much fun. Yes, this is for people who actually wrestled matches this year. <laughs> now, if you if you wanted to take Roman off the list because of his number of matches. If you want to make the Joel Embiid argument, I'm not <laughs> going to be mad, although I just disagree. Right. So I'm going to go Roman Reigns. I've got to go John Moxley because for all the reasons that all those dudes who I mentioned were important for wrestling, for not wrestling for AEW, John Moxley was the counterweight. You can put Jericho in there. He had a career year in a lot of ways, but he's not in my top five. Um... So I got Moxley, Roman, MJF. Again, low usage rate, but really huge. Mm -hmm. Bianca Belair. And now I get to the Seth Gunther 
You could even say Seamus. Yeah, my, my, my honorable mention list might be somebody else's top five. <laughs> and, and honestly, um, so I put Jericho. This whole tier, this whole tier is Jericho, Seamus. Oh my God, why am I talking about Jericho? Danielson had a banner year. Um, God. Uh, Carmelo Hayes down in NXT had a banner year. Mm. Um, Danielson. I will say, yeah, and Sami Zayn. Yep. I mean, how do you define pro wrestler and not put Sami Zayn in the top five? That might be my number five. Roman Moxley, MJF, Bianca Belair, and Sami Zayn. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lock it. I know <laughs> I'm gonna disagree with myself in two minutes. What do you guys say? That's a hell of a five. Uh, my honorable mm-hmm. mentions, and I got them in order. Just missing <laughs> the top five was Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Right after him, Brian Danielson. I got Ray Phoenix in there as well. Yeah. Uh, I got Dax Harwood in there. I got Bobby Lashley in there. Sami Zayn. Lashley's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Lashley, Lashley had a career year. I got uh, Sami Zayn, Chris Jericho, and Carmelo Hayes as my honorable mentions. Now, my top five. Number five, I got MJF for all the reasons you put. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Gunther at number four. Mm-hmm. I got Bianca Belair at number three. I got John Moxley at number two. I got the Tribal Chief at number one. All right, impossible All right, to go against close. the Tribal we're pretty, Chief. We're pretty close here. Now here Mox and Ryan, Ryan, knock us on our asses. Surprises. <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna just do my top five because if I go into honorable mentions, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just want to be I want to be clear before we finish. I only watch a lot of North American wrestling. Don't jump oh, on my yeah. mentions. This is all we're, I, we're all in the same boat here. I got yeah. a baby, bro. Yeah. Like I can't be staying up watching <laughs> New Japan like I used to back in the day. I'm sure I missed a lot of great New Japan wrestlers. That's what we but got. But I'm Phil sorry. For. <laughs> That's what we got. Phil That's for. what we got. Phil Go for. read Phil's uh, articles, please. They got Ringer, Ringer.com. I will give one mention. That's my boy Jay Bougie, who's been making an impact on the Northeast independent side of things. So him with the Bodega Street Fight this year. But number five, John Moxley. Number four, Seth Rollins. Number three, I'm going tag team. I got to go with the Usos. Number two, Bianca Belair. Mm. Number one, Roman Reigns. Impossible. It's impossible to not have if Roman I could Reigns do, as God. number one, bro. Yeah, the Usos, <laughs> Usos were on my list, too, although it's really easy to overlook the tag team champs. They, I mean, the tag team division in general, they've had an insane, an insane year. The bloodline in general... I mean, I'm sure back in the 80s, you'd be like, can I pick the the horseman as a whole, as a, <laughs> as a unit? Um, yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough. Gunther was like, Gunther was like, uh, like the 100, was in every iteration of my list before I got oh, yeah. to the final mm-hmm. one. And I Sammy ended up edging him out at number, as number, at number five, but like he started out, like he was, there was no version where he wasn't there. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. He might have had a better, better year. Uh, I'm going to get kicked <laughs> off the show. He might have had a better year than some of these people. I don't know. Top five is too hard. That's why we do it. That's why yeah. we do the, the non-wrestlers of the year, too. It's it's hard. It's 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 the way we look at this stuff, though. Um, have a happy new year, guys. You too, bro. Yeah. I got I got one question. I got one do question it, before we it. get out of here, Dave. Oh, you want? we're still on the conversation? All right. Last one. Last one. This time next year, we're Ooh. doing the, the ring, the, 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 the maskies this time next year. Mm-hmm. The one wrestler who was not mentioned that will be in your top five, who is it? 
Not even in the people, somebody who wasn't not even in Not honorable the, mention, not top five. The one guy that you, if I, I got to put my well, money behind I mean, listen, you. Someone here is going to make the ironic argument that like the Rocks one wrestling match was a bigger deal than anybody else's <laughs> year. Okay. But in terms of people who weren't even mentioned who were going to be there. I mean, listen, you uh, there's some people that are obvious. I mean, if you wanted, if if you said Kenny Omega, I'd be like, yes, of course, because like no one who's not on this list is a is is a is closer to a a triumphant dominant twelve months than Kenny Omega, right? I mean, it, you just flip a switch and he's at top of the company for that long. Yeah. Say the same thing about Adam Page, you know, like a little bit less confidence in him in terms of just betting odds, but um, and then you know, but on the you know who else in AEW. Only because he's a little bit of a uh, now not he's not now or never but in, but if if it really is in the cards I feel like it's might it's in the cards in twenty three Eddie Kingston oh. is a name yeah. is somebody to look at um, the in terms of WWE <sighs> I mean whatever Kevin Owens is gonna be in a position to have a huge year that's who I had uh, Austin Theory. Uh, potentially, although it probably not his year yet for a top five. I mean, it's really hard to project. Um, who knows, man? I mean, listen, if they do, if they, if they, if Roman wrestles, like, if, you know, if we could look into a crystal ball and said, Roman's going to work five matches in 2023, but the bloodline storyline will continue. And shit, man, Solo Sokoa might be in the top five. <laughs> you know, like, we don't know. Uh, it's just really hard to project. But I think KO, KO is an absolutely huge one. I think Cody, too. I mean, I think Cody's yeah. going to be right there. You know, so. Uh, I got one for you. Dragon Lee, also. Dragon Dragon Lee. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Nah, I think I think uh, if I had to pick WWE, I think KO is shaping up for a big year, um, along with Cody Rhodes. If we're talking AEW, I'd go Daniel Garcia, maybe. Um, I like him. I think there's. I think there's a world well, where this Garcia, time you could have made a case for this year. I just think that he also. was sort of so the this, the 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 level of storyline was sort of so overshadowed, despite right. some of their best attempts. Yeah, I, I think you could have made a case. I think there's a world where CM Punk returns to AEW and becomes the biggest story in professional wrestling, and the <laughs> same for the same reasons we give The Rock and Roman and all these people who only wrestle a handful of matches big things. I wasn't comfortable. I, I I didn't think it was possible a few months ago. The past week and a half, I'm like, he's coming back. <laughs> he'll he'll be back. We we forget he was injured as well. So maybe that's also. I think if I think in a world if CM Punk wasn't injured, I'm sure we probably would have had him back already. But I think in addition to everything that went on and him recovering from that torn that that uh, torn bicep or whatever he had. I think in 2023, we'll see CM Punk wrestle again, and it'll be a big-ass fucking deal. Um, on, on the women's side, uh, Sol Ruka. <laughs> like, yeah. She's I'm not making top Sol five Ruka. next year, but she's I great, don't care. Dude. She has the coolest fucking finishing move I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And if that, if that can't get you over, I don't know what is. So I, I got... Oh, yeah. We didn't, I didn't mention any women. I mean, Becky Lynch can be on this list. Yeah, all it takes is to string it together. Sasha Banks could be on the list. Charlotte Flair is about to pop back up. I mean, yeah, well, Char- Charlotte Flair straps on the boots. She can have a banner year. I don't if know. They, if they stop look, being scared and let Sasha Banks work Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom, mm-hmm. she'll definitely <laughs> be on the list. <laughs> Waters, we miss anybody one. else? I, I I like Santos Escobar. Mm, I think okay. he's gonna have a good year. 
I, and I've been watching JD McDonough on NXT. I, I think he's going to be in for a good year in NXT. And Mia Yim. And of Yo, course, Roxanne. JD McDonough reminds me of He Who Shall Not Be Named. Yes. He gives you those vibes sometimes, right? Like I'm just like but, outside but, of the outside of the doing all this type of stuff, like the moveset, yeah. like the way it goes. When you like, look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he gives me those vibes. But I like I like that pick too. Yeah. Well, JD mm-hmm. yeah. Well, well, we weren't gonna have he or should not be named talks when it comes to JD McDonough either. Anyway, yeah. thank you so much yeah. for doing this. Thank you for listening. <laughs> this has and been a birthday, fantastic Dave. year. Thanks, man. It's almost my birthday. Almost my kid's birthday. We got oh we got, damn, yeah. Happy yes. We got the backs birthday, to back, back to backs. Yes, uh, sir. The ball dropping right in the middle. So yeah. Um. Anyway, hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning uh turning uh thirty. Wait, what do you wait? How old should I claim? What what what, what can I what can I pass? You still you still look you still look like you're in your early thirties. It's the beanie and the glasses. Great. <laughs> like you, you definitely you Never definitely look like. Off. You definitely look like a coffee shop beatnik right now. You can play. You can, <laughs> you can pass for a techie. Some uh, people would be insulted techie. by that. I'll take it. I'll, I'll <laughs> relish in it. Uh, you want to get your plugs in, Kaz? Say less with Kaz, Lokey, and Rosie every Monday. YouTube.com slash Kazim. Catch me on MSG Network. You catch me on a few other things in 2023, but I can't announce those until they're officially official official. But those supporting, man, I appreciate you. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's continue to talk wrestling. Let's continue to bring this great show to the people and have intelligent conversation over a very unintelligent form of entertainment. (laughs) Just kidding. It's very intelligent. You can uh, find me here. You can find me on the press box. I swear to God, we're working on Book of Wrestling. It's still plugging along somewhere, somewhere in a dark corner somewhere. Brian Waters, thank you for producing this. Thanks to John Kruma, who does this all the time. Brian, we'll be back. Uh, as always with the Monday show and you might be seeing a little bit more of Brian Waters this year there's a tease for what's to come Ooh, like on the that. Ring of Wrestling Show Network check out everything we got lots of cheap eats we got lots of masks man masked mans uh, we keep plugging <laughs> along almost every day on the Ring of Wrestling Show feed so thank you for listening um, R.I.P. Stefan Bonner by the way not not entirely a pro wrestler, only a little bit of pro wrestler, but like in the ways that those that wrestling and MMA are inextricably linked, he was hugely significant to I think a lot of people's fandom. Um, and apologies as always to John Moxley, and a happy New Year, John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoid. Go on vacation, bro. <laughs>